This is the Cybersecurity Ambassadors Podcast. Today we have with us Matt Gallagher. Uh, he's an infrastructure network technician at Systems Engineering. Uh, I'd like to thank you for attending today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, Matt has um, some previous service in the Navy. Uh, he's a former University of Southern Maine student and also former uh, University of Southern Maine Cybersecurity Ambassador. Uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit more about his career before and after USM. Uh, along with the Cybersecurity Ambassadors Program. Uh, and to kick it off, uh, what was your service like in the U.S. Navy? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, when I went in originally, I was undesignated. I worked out of Washington State on the USS John C. Stennis. Um, did a lot of firefighting at the beginning, a lot of ship repairs, and then eventually I worked up in primary flight control, uh, launching recovering aircraft. Um, did three deployments, uh, about eight to nine months each. It was a good time. Saw a lot of cool things, met a lot of cool people. So what was it like for you enrolling in college after the after your service in the Navy? Uh, it was a little terrifying. Uh, I mean, you go a couple of years outside of school and then coming back to it. One, you feel old, which is weird. Um, two, just getting back into a learning mindset. Um, that's something that I don't think gets talked about enough, but it's it's a very big change in your, your thought processes. But um, yeah, it was stressful, but rewarding after I got used to the swing of things. How did your uh, experiences at USM help you prefer, uh, prepare for the actual workforce? So this was pretty big. Um, originally, when I was going through my schooling at USM, I had assumed that it was more about the content that they were teaching. Um, but once getting into the workforce, I realized that there's still just so much you have to learn. Like, that's just a baseline. What I learned um, going through USM was more thought process. Uh, learning to think in certain ways, learning how to find answers. Um, and while there is that baseline knowledge, which is huge, um, they taught me more how to find the answer for things that I hadn't seen yet. And that's been extremely important um, with my job after USM. As mentioned before, you were part of the Cybersecurity Ambassadors Program. Mm -hmm. So how did that internship help your professional career so far? So um, even though I'm in network infrastructure right now, uh, security is important throughout all of IT. Um, for an example, uh, it's public knowledge now, but uh, Fortinet, which makes a lot of FortiGates and FortiSwitches, uh, just had a pretty big vulnerability uh, where certain firmwares of the FortiGates uh, could be accessed uh, with administration privileges using just HTTP or HTTPS if you knew how to send it. Um, really, really bad, uh, big scramble, a lot of after hours, but we eventually got it patched up. But understanding how certain attack vectors are there, um, the different kinds of vulnerabilities that could potentially pop up, it really kind of prepared me for the things that I would see dealing with uh, the network infrastructure. So of course, me and Connor here are both uh, current cybersecurity ambassadors. Um, and uh, But we'd like to hear a little bit more of what it was like for you working in the cybersecurity ambassadors program. Yeah, um, so I ended up doing some presentations, um, did a lot of research, uh, digging up different things, uh, working with the rest of the cybersecurity team to um, kind of fill in the gaps uh, in each of our research. Uh, I think it was very eye-opening. I think a lot of people that get into IT probably have assumptions about um, current cybersecurity risks, but being able to look at things within the last two years that are currently on the forefront really kind of opened my eyes to what I should actually be paying attention to. So it was very important. Yeah. And I think it's pretty interesting how the program has evolved, uh, even since you were in it and now we're doing podcasts and uh, Instagram reels. 
uh, I'd, li- I'd love to see where it goes from here on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's great that it's becoming more of um, a public-facing thing because I feel like one of the biggest risks in cybersecurity is the lack of information provided to people that don't know about these things. So that's yeah, awesome. Certainly, yeah. Um, were there any other skills or um, knowledge you gained that helped you in your your current position as well? Um, I think it was nice to be um, part of a new team. I know when you're going through college, like it's, it's very touch and go. You're passing past a lot of different people. You're going through a lot of different classes. You're not really spending um, extended periods of time communicating with other people. So um, being able to work with somebody on a program like this for an extended period of time kind of helped me also broaden my viewpoints. So it was nice. Do you feel that your previous experiences before um, enrolling in college were able to help you prepare for your internship with the program? Yes, to a small degree. Um, When I was dealing with stuff in the Navy, I mean, there was different kinds of security risks, but there was a lot of um, understanding what's currently uh, an issue for our ship, whether it was on deployment, um, certain kind of threats we might see, and um, staying on the forefront of it here at USM in the cybersecurity program helped me because I felt like it it was something that I was used to when I was in the Navy, just paying attention to those kinds of things, and then coming into here, being able to pay attention to that. It, um, it felt familiar, so that was nice. So obviously after USM, uh, as we had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that you now work at Systems Engineering. Um, what was it like entering the actual tech industry out of USM? It was terrifying. So um, when I first started the job, uh, originally I'd gone from the cybersecurity internship, and to get into um, systems engineering, I did an internship there too, where I visited all of the different parts of systems engineering. They have a lot going on there beyond just the infrastructure uh, engineers and the techs. But um, I learned very quickly that it is a rapidly growing field. Uh, it's going to get faster than you can learn everything. Uh, the, the water level of knowledge is rising. So it's okay to not know. It's okay to not understand certain things and to just understand that you have a team of people that you can pull knowledge from um, and to not feel weird about that. A big one is imposter syndrome. You're absolutely going to feel like, why am I getting paid this? Why am I in this field? Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. Am I going to get fired? That's normal. That's completely normal. There's people that have been there for four or five years that seem like geniuses that absolutely every day panic about that stuff. It's just, it's a wildly diverse field with so much information. You're never going to know it all. So um, just be prepared to continue learning when you get out because that's it's massive. As an infrastructure network technician at Systems Engineering, what does a typical day look like for you? It's kind of nice. So um, in the mornings, we have a morning huddle. All of the engineers and our supervisor get together, and we kind of talk about what we're going to do for the day. Um, Sometimes you're hard scheduled on things, which means like between 8 to 5 or however the hours are, that's what you're working on. Um, We currently work out of an IT queue, which is just kind of like a ticket queue, where if we see something we want to deal with or if we have a ticket that we haven't finished working on, we can decide to work on that. We get to kind of choose what we're working on each day. Um, that's usually from 
8.10 to 8.30. After that, I'm pretty much cut loose to do whatever I want to do. Most of the time, that's kind of going through tickets that I already have, get an idea of what I'm planning on working on, whether it's, you know, it could be a switch config, it could be a firewall modification, it could be somebody's having a move between buildings and we have to go disassemble things and move them somewhere else. Um, could be patching. There's a lot of different stuff. Um, but the freedom uh, to kind of choose what I want to choose, work on what I want to work. Um, nobody really asks what I'm doing. If I need to take breaks, I take breaks. I want to like go to the gym. I I can go to the gym. It's, it's very, very free. And realistically, my supervisors believe that as long as the work's getting done, they really don't care what you do throughout the day. So um, that freedom has been nice. So it's a, it's a pretty relaxing day. So speaking of uh, systems engineering, what kind of skills would uh, someone need to start working at a, at a place like that in, in your role? I know it's cliche, but the biggest one is definitely the, um, the intention. Uh, while you're in college, definitely paying attention to the networking one and two, um, really understanding how routing works. If you can get the CCNA beforehand, that's great. That's not only a good certification for them to just come through the door with, but it's also an increased pay. Um, and realistically, the CCNA is respected everywhere. So if you're planning on doing anything with networking, definitely work on learning that and trying to get it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just understanding routing, understanding networking, understanding firewalls, and uh, being okay with asking questions. So I think you alluded to this a little earlier, but how much cybersecurity is involved in your role? A pretty good amount. There's the day-to-day -day stuff that doesn't really touch on it, but everything we do, we have to keep security at the forefront of our minds because, for one, a lot of these businesses pay for insurance uh, in case there is a security breach, and those insurance requirements are going up. Just recently, uh, multi-factor authentication has become a requirement for a lot of insurances on everything. Every single thing that touches any kind of network or internet or what have you needs some kind of MFA if you're accessing it because regular passwords are just getting too easy to break. Um, so having that multi-factor is really big. Um, understanding that what is currently okay in security now might not be okay tomorrow and might not be okay in a week. Uh, it's rapidly changing. Um, we do spend a lot of time learning about these new security practices to try and get ahead of insurance companies. Um, so it's, it's very, very important. Um, could you explain what MFA or multi-factor authentication is for our listeners if you want? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so you have your passwords, you know, username and password. That's one form of authentication. Another form would be, you know, if you have a prompt on your phone. So that's a second source of verification. It could be a question and an answer, you know, what was your first dog's name or something. Um, you can just kind of keep going on that. Sometimes there's cards, sometimes there's uh, like eye scanning and thumbprints and uh, there's a lot of different things, but it's stacking different types of authentication together so that it's not just one breaks if they get access to your password, you know, they, they need your phone now or they need your thumbprint or, you know, it's it just makes it more secure. It's a bit more of a hassle on the, the engineering side of things because, you know, if you need to log into a server, now it's no longer just username and password. It's username, password, phone prompt, question, you know, it, it stacks. But that peace of mind is very, very important and it can cost a lot of money if somebody's stuff breaks. So MFA is huge. 
Uh, if there was one thing you would wish you would study a little bit more for or prepared a little bit more for before exiting school, uh, what, what might that have been? Uh, I think the biggest one is understanding routing inside and out. Um, for at least my field, routing is a strange thing. There's a lot of different protocols. There's a lot of different ways to put a network together. And um, the CCNA is very routing heavy. So uh, understanding how packets work, understanding, you know, if this is how the network is designed, how is traffic going to move? Um, what kind of trails is it going to leave? Uh, if there's any gaps in your security, we have a lot of routing that we find that come in to um, systems engineering customers that we take in that have previous uh, IT work done. And, you know, they're using Telnet, which isn't a secure uh, communication. So uh, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different things, but understanding routing very well for my job and understanding the security risks of improper routing so you can see that is huge. As somebody who is a graduate, um, what advice would you give to somebody that's graduating from college? Um, hmm. Don't be afraid of failure is a big one. You're going to mess up. That's normal. That's expected. That's okay. Just own your mistakes and learn from them. Um, don't worry about finding the job. Just put yourself out there. Keep trying. Somebody will pick you up. Uh, they're not expecting you to know everything. Half the time, they're not expecting you thing. They just want to show that you're interested and want to learn. Um, so just keep trying. Somebody will get out there. Um, yeah, don't be afraid of making mistakes. That's the biggest one, I think. The very biggest one. It's going to happen. So next we're going to jump into the uh, pulled from the headlines portion of the podcast. And I'm going to kick it off with um, an article titled, How Many Jobs Are Available in the, Techno in, uh, in the Technology Industry in the U.S.? And so one of the uh, quotes from that article are, in, in 2022, uh, tech industry employment has increased by over 193,000 jobs, 28% uh, higher uh, than the same period in 2021. Uh, additionally, employer job postings for tech positions that specify remote work and work from home options continue to increase with a year-to-year, -year, uh, with a year-to-date rate of 34% compared to 27% in 2021, and in 2022, 20, uh, and 22% in 2020. And lastly, uh, tech industry unemployment rate ticked up slightly to 2.2% in October, uh, from 2.1% in September of 22. Uh, so it's really interesting to see that with all these um, jobs uh, opening up. The unemployment rate is actually increasing slightly, uh, even though there are major strides in, in job growth. Um, and do you believe that Maine is seeing the same type of growth? I think it's mixed. I think so, personally. Um, I feel like IT is really kind of growing everywhere. And while I think it's a little bit more of a closed loop in Maine of IT providers, I do think there is potential there for it to grow. And I think if you are looking with an open mind and honestly just trying to get through the door, you should be able to find an IT job fairly comfortably in Maine right now. So as somebody who has 
entered the workforce uh, last year. Do you believe that people entering the tech industry should be more selective on what positions that they might take? It depends, I guess, is the the rigged answer. I think um, entering the workforce, people may have ideas about what they would enjoy. And I honestly had ideas of what I would have liked as well. But being able to take a tour of the different parts of systems engineering, um, really see the different kinds of IT positions that I could have worked at. Uh, I settled on something that I wouldn't have expected to want to settle on. And I, I think I'm I'm happy I made that choice. So um, I think you should definitely have a mind what you do once you get here. But I also think that if there is a position that you could take that isn't that, that you could potentially like laterally move into that, I think it's worth trying because um, you're still going to gain information. You're still going to build value with that company. And um, things change. You know, you might, you might really want to do networking um, and then find out that, wow, you or much more interested in the break-fix side of things. So it's just keep an open mind. Um, definitely go for what you want to do, but be okay with doing other things until you get there. So just keep your expectations realistic. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's tough to say, but I think it's easier to be choosy once you have the baseline knowledge to be wanted by these companies. I think... Um, building that knowledge is more important than anything else in the beginning. Like I definitely wouldn't recommend, you know, like doing a phone tree thing if you just hate talking to people. But um, there are positions out there that can let you be a social or antisocial while building the knowledge that you're looking for to potentially do what you want to do. So. Lastly here, uh, where do you foresee the industry growth uh, going in the future? Oh man. Like IT as a whole? Uh, I suppose, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> you can keep it light. You don't have to go too in depth. Yeah. Know. So I think Internet of Things is, um, it's already a pretty big concern, but I think it's only going to grow as devices um, increase. I mean, we're seeing a lot more smart things. We're seeing a lot more um, networking devices and very small packages. Uh, we're seeing a lot more connectivity and with connectivity run security problems. Um, whether that's different types of equipment working together so that there's just gaps in the armor, whether it's um, people rushing new products out just for financial reasons and then finding out, oh no, it wasn't exactly as airtight as everybody thought it was. I mean, just the security cameras that just came out, those Eufy cameras that I think are owned by Anchor, they just found out that they were um, sending like face tracking, face tracking data uh, unencrypted uh, over to their servers and stuff like that. So people were able to just skim things off of it and gain insights into people's homes and their faces and anything's in there. It's, it's not a great time. But um, I think I think there's going to be some pretty crazy things hitting the IT field um, within the next five to ten years. And I think the need for security on those things is going to be paramount um, because the technology keeps trying to outrun the security you know, everybody always wants to bring out the new thing and everybody always wants to try the new toys, but um, a lot of it's not very secure. So it's it's going to be very, very important to stay on the edge of security on this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you kind of go into that a little more in depth because it's easy enough to just say, yeah, I expect the job growth to increase a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for touching on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about 
Um, I guess, man, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, don't be scared to apply wherever you want to apply once you graduate. A lot of cool places in Maine. Um, they actually, they run a list every year of like best places to work in Maine. Highly recommend looking at that. Uh, those forums, uh, those lists are gathered by sending uh, anonymous questionnaires to the employees, oh. not management. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, it's all employee. <laughs> so um, those numbers are very reflective on employee happiness and health. Uh, and it breaks it down real deep, like pay, uh, vacation time, benefits, like it really gets into it. So if you're unsure of where you'd like to work, definitely check out that list. Uh, it's illuminating. All right. Well, thank you for uh, sitting in with us and answering our questions. Yeah, anytime. It was fun.